a couple of things Judy was saying for the understanding of what the season of time is. It's really, really important for you because it just can't be something that the church does, something that you think that might have been done some time ago and isn't really uh, um, relevant now. But when you look at the first day of the seventh month, and we've talked about trumpets, that time of the year, we were looking for the silver sliver up there outside. The priests, they would blow the shofar, and there would be an announcement for all of Israel, amen, that they would rent their hearts. They would open up their hearts for 10 days. And in turn, they would have the opportunity to look at all of the places that they may have made choices that separated them from God. Where this would be a personal time that they would begin to look and reflect at 10 days between trumpets and atonement. Now, Kathy alluded a little bit this morning at our deacons meeting. Jesus was born on the Feast of Trumpets. Then we go 10 days later to the Day of Atonement. Now, there would be two goats. One goat, the priest would take all of the sins of Israel. He would lay hands on that goat, and he would send that goat out into the wilderness. The second goat would be slain, and that would be the sacrifice then placed upon the altar, the mercy seat, that the priest would go inside. He had, yep, he had bells at the bottom of his garment, and then they had a rope tied to him. And if the priest died, that means God did not accept the sacrifice of the people of Israel, and they would have to drag him out. But as long as they heard the bells, they would know that then the priest was still alive, and apparently God was pleased, and God had accepted the sacrifice. Now, what you have to realize in the life of Jesus, there were two things that took place. Now, Jesus was born on trumpets, but on the Day of Atonement, okay, Jesus was baptized in the Jordan on the Day of Atonement. Okay? And in John 7, it spoke about the Mount of Transfiguration. That also took place on the Day of Atonement. Okay? So there are things that we need to recognize as we begin to watch that which is taking place. Now, when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, these are the words that were spoken by the Father. Remember the apostles, the disciples were there, and the Father appeared, and they asked Jesus, should we build booths because Elijah right, and Moses both appeared as well? And so they said, should we build booze? Well, why would you want to build booze? Feast of Tabernacles time, the season of time. Ten days, on the, excuse me, on the tenth day of the seventh month, five days before the beginning of the day of Tabernacles itself, or the day of ingathering. So now we have Jesus born on the day of trumpets. We have the Old Testament example as well. We have that which is the day of atonement. The priests went in, but we also know that Jesus baptized on that day, right? Then in turn also recognized, when you listen to these words on the Mount of Transfiguration, because this is going to be important, these are the words that were spoken to Jesus. This is my son, whom I'm well pleased. This became the announcement. Actually, let's, just, let's read John 17, 1. 
because the parallels or the experience, I'm hoping, let me find it here, John 17, 1. Can't be seventeen one. Now this would be the amount of transfiguration. Anybody have the scripture? is my son who I'm well pleased. No. Now this is when Matthew 17, 2. Thank you. You're the best, JC. That's it. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led him up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter asked and said to Jesus, Lord, is it good for us to be here? If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright light overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now the significance of that is which is important is because there was an announcement of the son himself being established on that day or that mount of transfiguration. Now, I want you if you would go to Romans 8:29. Oh, listen to him. That's a good thing. Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Romans 8.29. Or for whom he foreknew, being the Father, he also predestined those to be conformed to the image, the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Okay? Now go to Hebrews 12.
verse 22. It says, But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable number of angels or company of angels, to the general assembly and to the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of the just men made perfect. Okay. Trumpets was the birthing of Jesus Christ. Okay. He was the first of many brethren. He was the first of the church of the firstborn, which means there are others to follow, correct? Mount Transfiguration on the Day of Atonement. Jesus was transformed. He was transfigured. Hebrews says that we are to be in his likeness, in his image. We've been keeping the feast for 49 years, and there's so much to be said about the feast, but what's for important for you is to recognize what are we waiting for? So many people are waiting for the Jewish festivities through Jewish songs. Even the Jewish calendar isn't always aligned with God's calendar. It's one day different this year. But what are you personally waiting for? When you come for those eight days, you love the fellowship, right? We obviously love the meals. Really love to hear new people coming, and there's those that uh, establish the word of the Lord, and they speak to us. And for those that have been doing this for a while, all you do is you take those eight or ten words, depending on how many words came during that time, and then you begin to just set those down. And then right after the feast and gathering is all finished, then what you do is you start to see the first word and the second word and, and so on and so forth, and you just watch your whole calendar walk out the things that have been spoken if you're paying attention, if you're watching for those things that have been taking place. And those are all uh, worthy purpose things. Now, these are commandments that we're to be keeping these feasts, and there are many people that probably have a hard time with Praise Chapel because few churches recognize what these feast days are all about. Now, if we all did Jewish songs and we all dressed up and we did Seder meals and things like this, there would be more people that would embrace that. But that's not who we are in the understanding of tabernacles. And we're not doing this just out of the obedience of the word, though we are. Because this time that you and I experience on earth is going to be also celebrated for a thousand years during the millennial reign. So this is like a dress rehearsal. This is something that we have the opportunity to be able to experience. But what I want you to try to allow yourself to ponder or think, if Jesus was born on trumpets and he's the first of many brethren, On the Day of Atonement, was, if he was transformed or transfigured, took on the image of his father, if you will, on the Day of Atonement. And he was the firstborn. And if we are the assembling 
of the church of the firstborn being Christ, then it could be possible that what you and I are waiting for is the fulfillment or the final trumpet sound. Because all of creation is travailing and awaiting what? What is it? The birthing of the suns. Got earthquakes going on, we got volcanoes erupting. You can't tell me these hurricanes, you can't tell me that her, that that creation isn't groaning. What's that groaning gonna produce? Could it very well be if Jesus Jesus is the pattern as the firstborn, if he was born on the Feast of Trumpets, and the word says that there's going to be 144,000 as a beginning number, could it be that you are amongst that number of 144,000? And because of not just your obedience, but because of your expectation that you, we, could be those on that day of trumpets when the many brethren are born into the earth. Then on that tenth day, on that day of atonement, as Jesus was transformed, it says in Hebrews, becoming the image, church of the firstborn, becoming the image of the body of the person Christ, Could it be that we might then be complete because it talks about the image, the perfect image of Christ? I guess I'm going to have to read Zechariah 3 because I don't want to lose all of you. Go to Zechariah 3. I'm hoping this gives you a little bit of an idea of why we gather like this. Because I know we love the meals, we love the fellowship, we love the time together. But all the hardship, all the difficulty that's been in your life, all the things that have transpired, what's kept you pressing forward? Is it something more than just pleasing people or making sure that you're Acknowledged at church and that you've been faithful to be there. You've only missed two Sundays, so you're pretty good. Think about your whole life of the places you've made decisions to just make a stand and say, you know what, I've got to move on. I've got to move forward. There's more in life for me than this. Because all of us have our story, don't we? Yet we find ourselves here. Now the fullness this is what the fullness of that Day of Atonement could look like for you and I. Because when Jesus came at Passover, He covered your and my sin. Remember when they put the blood over the doorposts? Well, when His second coming comes, those two goats on the Day of Atonement Sins were placed on that goat and sent out. The other one was slain. There's going to be a removal of sin when Jesus comes back the second time. 
Listen to this. This is Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1. This gives you a visual expression of that removal of sin. Because this is the day of atonement. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? Meaning Joshua. Been scorched a few times? Feel like you've been in the fire most of your life, Randy? Get your head above water? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he, the father, answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. You just sense if this was the fullness of the Day of Atonement, we would all be standing here and everything that we've struggled with, everything that we've tried to really work hard at not doing wrong, all the things that were still that we knew we had in our heart, it just not out of your own ability, just removed. Every shame, every guilt, every hurt, every scar. That's what's going to happen on the Day of Atonement, on a Day of Atonement. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And he said, and to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you. Really, Jesus speaking to Joshua. And I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, Let them put a clean turban. Here's all you're thinking. You're stinking thinking. So he's removed all of your sin. Now he's going to restore. He's going to give you Father's ability to think where he thinks. So they put a clean turban on his head and they put clothes on him. The angel of the Lord stood by. Paul speaks about being clothed from heaven, not in heaven. For the perishable, that which can die, right? Food, perishable food. Where the perishable takes on the imperishable. Could it, sorry? Could it be that's what we are really compelled, though few, could that be really on our inner man of what we're really waiting for? Why we keep making decisions that I'm, I'm going to fight the fight. I'm not going to give this up. I've got to stand my ground. 
I may be one who is being plucked out of the fire, not yet, may still be in the fire, may still be wrestling with these things, this, this enmity against God right here every single day. But Joshua would not be the example if it were not written. I have removed your filthy garments. So, an abscess tooth, an appointment with the dentist, you're going to make sure you're there at the appointment? <laughs> See, as Judy was trying to say, explain, there's, just, there's so much that could be said, but ultimately, we are waiting as those in the church of the firstborn for the finished work that Jesus experienced because he was the first. He's my brother. He's my Savior. He's the Son of God. He's my Redeemer. And this is his church. Church of the firstborn. And I'm going to continue to remain till it is. Isn't that powerful? So as you begin to watch this time of tabernacles approaching, can you imagine because in John 17, Jesus came halfway through the feast. And more than likely, trumpet will sound, the sons and daughters will be birthed. Ten days later, they will gather on that day of atonement and all the filthy garments will be removed and a new clean turban will be placed upon their head, and then the imperishable being closed with the imperishable, which means you won't die, which means you're complete. And then turn five days later, we're going to be in gathering because we're just going to be so amazed at the presence of God because the Father now is a part of us, amen, because there's no longer sin that's going to keep us from him. Hallelujah. And then like a couple of days later, three days later, guess who's coming? There's a whole bunch of things that start taking place in the earth. So, that's what this time is all about. You can't even imagine what that's going to be like a thousand years after that. And then that's just a little bit of the positive time because for all of eternity that's going to be taking place. So who knows how that's going to be celebrated. So, I just wanted that to be something that you could hold on to something that you would recognize why your life as it's unfolded. Somehow you've been able to, I mean, I like to say that I've made good decisions. A lot of people that have made good decisions and they're not walking with the Lord anymore. I like to say I've made some really good choices. I've had surely a part in it. Sovereignty of the hand of God. allowed all of us to remain. So hold fast to that which is to come. Amen. That's where the expectator comes up. And it's aligned with the word. This isn't somebody's philosophy. This isn't some eschatology. This is the word. I believe what I presently know very well could unfold that way.
So next month, we're going to do 40 hours a week on the teaching of the tabernacles for, four, for five weeks. And you'll be just as confused as you are now. No. The, the thing being is, is that once you begin to watch, and all of a sudden, every year becomes different. And you thought you kind of knew something, and then it all changes up. Now, we've been doing this for 49 years, and it's like, it's like the Scriptures. You read them, you know, three months ago, you read them today, and it's like, well, I didn't, I didn't see that. It's the same thing, because it's the gathering of the body of Christ that begins to then increase as we come together in that breaking of bread and spending the fellowship and the time together. And then the Father just says, yeah, this is what it's all about. I can't wait, because I want the fullness just as much as you do. He says, I know my son wants it as well because he can't wait till he's married. And so in turn, he's just so excited knowing that there's going to be a fullness, a fulfillment, that he's going to be able to walk among us. Can you imagine? Unlike anything else. So, Father, we just thank you for this day of atonement. Father, we... Uh, on behalf of that, what you're doing in our hearts, but Lord, let it not be just contained here. Lord, we just want every person that we know, we don't want anybody left out. Father, we've talked about that invitation to the, to the wedding feast and all those invitations were sent out and nobody came, nobody responded. So you sent your angels out to the highways and the byways. And you said, bring them in, compel them, bring them in. Lord, let that sound, that resounding trumpet sound go out from this house through our lives into the lives of people, Father, that we might be the invitation. They might come. Did you get introduced to the church during the feast? I remember, somebody it was that introduced to the feast. Hey, introduced to the feast. Introduced to this church during the feast time. I can't remember who it was. Does anybody know where the bag was that has all of the... Okay, in the entryway. Okay, so now, following this, what we're going to do is, is that uh, obviously the food bank has got tons of stuff. But we're going to be putting up our booth. So Sean Walters has got all of the wood and everything all prepared. It's all cut. And so it's time for you guys to really be a part of that, if you would like. And then following that, or just shortly, probably that may still be going on, uh, I know that Ray's getting baptized. Are you still getting baptized, Belinda? And Belinda, I have the heat, the heat on the water. So I think the air temperature is probably colder than the water temperature by now. And so we're going to have a baptism as well. So make sure you participate in putting up the booth, and then you can surely come over and participate in the baptism, and then we'll in turn come back and finish and complete the booth. Any questions? I mean, there's such a stirring and the excitement, and there's things that are taking place, the ministries that are coming, so there's going to be a whole bunch of new, new faces. Now, make sure you take these cards and you pass them out everywhere you go. Uh, we printed these cards up, and I only ordered 500. But the company did all sorts of things. I won't bore you with the details, but I wound up getting almost... 1,500, 2,000. Okay. Recently, I was uh, at a dinner or something, at a birthday, and somebody said, hey, 
my boss received one of these cards. And he went to me and he said, uh, don't, you guys, don't, don't you guys go to that church or something? And he goes, I got an invitation. And believe me, this guy's a character. Yeah. All right? He's, uh, he's not a churchgoer, believe me. <laughs> but he was so excited to have gotten one of these invitations. Yeah. I don't know which one of you gave it to him because I know you've passed some out. But if you haven't and you've got them laying around, believe me, they shouldn't be. This is our opportunity. I want you to take them, put them in your purse. Just leave them in bathrooms. If you go out to a restaurant, leave, leave a handful. Give them to your waitress or, or your waiter, whatever. If you see somebody just in the parking lot, remember last year I went with um, uh, one of the ministries here. And we went out just going to Walmart, and she'd just go to the, she'd go over and say, "Hi, hi, how are you doing today? Yeah, it's a beautiful day out. Listen, we're having this gathering, and we just want to invite you. It's over at Praise Chapel, da 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 da." And they go, "Oh, and and ten, there was one out of ten people, so that's one, you know, one out of ten, one tenth are going to go. I'm not interested. That's okay." Remember I told you last week or the week before about the parable about the, the king who had a feast and he said, go out and invite people. So this is how you invite them. Just hand it to them. It doesn't matter. You might hit the guy that doesn't want to have anything to church but went to this person and read it. He had to read the whole thing in order to figure it out. And he's like, I got invited. I got an invitation. So that's all these are. Will you pass these out? I'm going to have a couple of you come help me pass these out. Hey, Nicholas, you want to help, help me pass these out here? All right. One other thing. If you didn't get it in the message today, I'm going to give you the quick outline. If you're not celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles, you are not going to be aware when Jesus plans to return some year. You're going to be one of the people that are shocked but Jesus said, I don't want you to not know. The day nor the hour, only the Father knows. But this is the season. This is going to be the season it is. So what should interest you is the Feast of Trumpets. Because that day, not only is the first resurrection going to happen, but Romans 8, 29, the groaning within your spirit, the groaning in your gut, the groaning in your mind. When will the sons of God be revealed? Well, they're going to be revealed on symbolically Jesus' birthday. And why wouldn't it be on his birthday when the first of many brethren were brought to birth? Okay, this is what Pastor just told you. The sons of God will be revealed because the earth is groaning. It says all of creation is groaning. For when the sons of God will be revealed, they will be revealed on the Feast of Trumpets. And there's going to be a resurrection, too, to uh, you know, witness this event. Then we come to atonement. And there will be a transfiguration, just as Jesus was transfigured you're going to be transfigured. You're going to be changing. And guess what? In the next 10 days, we are going to be building booths. Why? 
because it's going to be the time. It's going to be the time and the season. We better build our booth. And then we come to atonement. And the world is shocked because of all the things that are going on. People aren't flying away and disappearing. Okay? There's a revelation in the earth. And those that didn't know still have some time. (laughs) They have some time to repent and open up their hearts and come to you that have been gathering here, the ones that have borne the shame for those who are ignorant of God's plan. And then we get together, and just what Pastor read to you in Zechariah 3 begins to take place. And now your sons are just your sins are not just covered by the blood of Jesus. Jesus, the second goat, comes to not just cover the earth with the blood, he comes to remove sin from the earth. Now I don't know what that's gonna feel like, but I would sure like to know what that's gonna feel like. Come on. Because as I shared with someone today, my heart is desperately wicked. And I have to fight temptation of sin every day. I want to know what it feels like, what Adam and Eve must have felt like walking with Jesus without sin, being tempted every five seconds, body, soul, and spirit. And Zechariah. Jesus says, the Lord rebuke you. You're not going to accuse them again. Because now I am removing their filthy garments. I'm not just covering it with the blood. I'm removing them and I'm putting the crown turban upon their head. And they get whole new clothing. Transfiguration. The whole change. Then, five days later, We're having the party. That's what the Feast of Booths is. It's the party. That's why you get in party mode. That's why you get excited about it. That's why my grandkids have gotten excited, more excited about the feast for years than Christmas. It's the feast. It's the feast. It's the feast. And we have the party. We get ready for the wedding feast. We're celebrating for eight days. And the board says that Jesus sneaks in somewhere during the middle of that feast. Okay, so I just wanted to give you the rundown one more time, what Pastor just told you. So now you've had a double portion of it. Okay, Nicholas, let's charge around here because I've got other stuff to announce. Okay, bring your good recipes. Bring your fresh food. Bring the best to the feast. Bring friends. Bring lots of people. Yeah, get these invitations out and twist their arm because it says if they don't first ex- if they don't accept the invitation, then the, they go back and say, well, nobody, we gave them the invitations. Nobody said they're coming. They're all busy, whatever. Then God said, go out and compel them to come in. And I told you two weeks ago, that means you can twist their arms behind their backs and force them to come to church. All right. I love you. Amen. Ms. Belinda, come on. So much 
the anxiety right now. I wanted to be baptized like a year ago, and before then, and before then, and I am like in so much inner turmoil right now. Not that I don't want to, but um, you know how you don't want to disobey your mom? <laughs> I'm struggling with that because she believes she wouldn't be in heaven, she'd be in the ground, and I know she's watching over me. And I have never worn a cross in my life, ever. And I need you to bless it because I was so scared of it for a long time. And because my mom believed in the stake, not a cross. And she said the cross meant a symbol of death. Not the reason for the death, but death. So it was, it's, it's a scary thing for me. And a woman gave it to me, and it happens to be my mom's birthstone. So that means a lot to me. But I'm really struggling today because um, Bob has to have emergency surgery. And there's a possibility he could bleed to death during the surgery. So I need all of you to just help me pray for him. And he's the one who brought me back to prayer because I had walked away from God at 17, which I've shared before. And, you know, other people have tried to bring me back, but he was the one who got me praying. And, you know, prayers do work in little ways and big ways. And I've been praying all morning, you know, like, you know, I know my mom will forgive me because I feel like I'm going against her. But I know you guys all love me and don't judge me, and that's more important right now. Just keep Bob in your prayers. We don't know what hospital. Well, Lord, we bring Bob before you right now. And, Father, we ask you to assign angels to Bob. And, Father, we ask you to assign the doctor. Father, we want the best for Bob. Lord, we ask that you would prepare even the nurses and the whole team that's going to be there. And, Father, we declare that we know that your Holy Spirit will guide the hands of the doctors. We know, Father, that you use doctors. So we ask you to guide their hands and that there will be nothing short of a miracle of Bob's health restored. No bleeding, no internal bleeding in Jesus' name. Wholeness, completeness, a victorious surgery in Jesus' name. And Father, we also bring this cross in Jesus' name. Father, let this be anointed of your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. I'd like to um, just give you a little encouragement about the cards. Um, I had some of these, and I brought them to the preschool when I was working. And before I left, I handed one to each one of the ladies that don't typically come here to church. And I told them that I invite them to the feast. And I think it had a lot to do with the personal invitation of handing it to them, but every single one of them read it. Hallelujah. There's just something very special taking place. We have two of our staff members that are going to be coming to the food bank, which they've never come before. So they have some circumstances in their life that God's allowing to take place, and they're turning to the place where they have relationships. So don't ever underestimate those relationships that God is bringing into your life. Because he then has access to them. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I want us to pray for Peggy, too. Um, she's having some uh, dental uh, pain. Yeah. Please pray for her today. Yes. And Father, I ask you to make a way where there is none. 
Lord, we won't accept defeat in this area. I pray for her right now in Jesus' name. Father, I ask you to comfort her in the pain she's experiencing, God. I ask for healing to come. Healing to come. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So remember, we start out Friday night. So get ready. We're going to crank it up. Yes, you have something else? I want you to know that Kevin's in the hospital, um, and we need to pray for him. Um, part of it is his eating habits. Um, we really need to get that under control. Um, his leg blew up, like this and it's blowing up. We need to get him off the chocolates, off the... Anything chocolate, any, any, um, but we really need to really put a prey on him. Um, me too, you know. We all help us, all of us. Um, we just really, really need the Lord to end up looking over us. In the name of Jesus, thank you. That's awesome. Oh, thank you, Lord. No blood clots. Okay, because, you know, this is something that happens about once a year for Kevin. It is. And so, ministering angels to him, Father. Also, I'm just going to announce this again, because I had told Santa back there that while we were down at Pelham, New Hampshire, uh, we met a uh, pastor, a young pastor and his family, and they're from Brazil. So he speaks Portuguese. So I invited him up, so really pray. I gave him my cards, so I'm believing for him to, uh, they live in Nashua. And so I'm really believing that God will snag this guy's heart, and he'll start coming up and maybe have a Portuguese service once a month or something. But real nice young, young family. So, uh, all right, we love you. We bless you. Uh, cooling down now, folks. We're getting into the 30s at night and the 40s. And no more 90 degrees, so if you want that, you guys can, uh, after Tabernacles, go down to Florida. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name.